This is episode two of my podcast series, Teaching Operator Level Maintenance on the Brain and Body. And it's a strategy to combat against suicide. Because we continue to see the suicide rates rise among veterans and military members. And they're going to continue to rise until the strategies of the federal government, down through each of the major command components, begin to change their strategy and focus on the problem. They have yet to identify the problem. And the problem is, is that no one is focusing on the brain. Focusing on brain health. The current strategy now teaches leaders how to look out for those who are suicidal and how to get them help and send them to get their brain fixed. We are running a strategy that is a sick care versus a health care. It's much like a failed maintenance program within the military. You know, we teach in the military operators how to conduct proper preventive operator level maintenance to ensure the vehicle doesn't break down. 90 some percent of the vehicles that need to go to the mechanic is because the operator has failed to do proper operator level maintenance. And that is what we are running with our strategy. We wait till the brain is broken and then we go seek to get help. We need to change our strategy. We need to build resilient, strong minds that can overcome any tornado that comes out of nowhere and enters their life. And that is the, the purpose for my podcast and for all of these episodes. I'm not a neuroscientist. My degrees are not in psychology, uh, neuroscience. I'm not a therapist. But what I've done is read through thousands of pages to understand the complexities of the brain and translate the brain's user manual down into layman terms that someone like you and I can understand. And then I've applied them personally and found the best ways to get them to be most effective. And these strategies did not click until I was able to visualize what was happening inside my head as I was executing different cognitive therapy approaches such as mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, relaxation, and meditation. As I learned about what was happening inside the brain when I did this and then I saw the results... It was easier for me to grasp, and my recovery accelerated after that. It's like understanding how an engine works. I know where to cut the fuel line and and make that engine uh, quit operating. Understanding the engine of the brain and how it operates gives you this hidden power, this self-empowerment to control the pain you want to feel, to control the emotions you want to feel. My daughters get mad when I say, why did you choose to get upset? Especially, you stub your toe, why did you choose to let it hurt? You might think that is crazy, but know what? What we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about motivations. And motivations and the power of motivation, how the power of motivation can help you choose to take control of your brain. You can choose the emotional pain levels that you're going to allow to enter your life. You're going to choose how much pain you want to endure. And we're going to do that by talking about emotions and the brain the power of motivation because once you understand how to create a motivation and what creates motivations in the head you can learn to turn on a motivation whenever you want because we will need this motivation to to deal with pain to do deal with tinnitus to deal with triggers from ptsd anything that is upsetting you or hurting you in life motivation can get your mind off that and make you feel better. And you, I'm going to discuss ways to turn that on naturally 
You won't need a stimulant. You won't need a drug. And I've learned techniques. I've applied these to be able to get out of bed in the morning when I had zero motivation. And I'm going to discuss that today. So when I was thinking about motivation, initially I was thinking about when I was younger, my brothers and I, we'd be watching Rocky. And it seems like every time you get to that montage at the end where he went over the emotional struggle, he, he made amends with his wife, and then he, he was able to work out, work out as hard as he could, and then he would beat um, uh, Mr. T or the Russian. You know, I'd, we'd feel so excited, I'd be so motivated after that, that we'd want to go lift weights. There was something about the power of those, those videos and things like that. So I was thinking about that as a motivation. And then I started thinking about a story I put in an article that I had published back in 2015 on building resilient organizations. And I shared the story about a Colorado man named Aaron Ralston. He actually has a book called Between a, book and, Between a Rock and a Hard Place. He was rock climbing in Utah. He had a boulder fall upon his arm. He was trapped for several days. Uh, he had hardly any food. He drank his water. He drank his urine. He thought about cutting his arm off. It hurt too bad. But then he was about to give up, and he had a dream. And in that dream, he saw a little boy. And that little boy was running to him in the field. And that little boy was his future son. He wanted to have a son. He had the motivation and desire to continue to live. That motivation was so strong that he chose what level of pain he was going to feel. He took a dull Gerber knife cut through his arm, snapped his bones, twisted and pried and cut his nerves, and then repelled off the mountain to save his life. That is the power of motivation. So I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, how can we harness that? How can we create motivations like that when we need it? A motivation that will allow us to, to uh, ignore the pain. And I think of other situations in my life. So I can remember uh, back when I was at uh, Command General Staff College, all of these were in these small groups, and we can decide when we want to take the final um, Army physical fitness test. And I wanted us to do it a lot sooner, but our class chose to do it later. I wanted it sooner because I had a marathon coming up, and then my legs are like beat to death after a marathon, and I always try to score max, max points on this test, and I knew it was going to be tough. But still, we didn't change it. I had a marathon on Sunday and then it was that Monday that we had the PT test. So what I did prior to that, in my mind, I told myself, we want to score the max 300 points on this PT test. Push-ups, sit-ups, that's easy. The legs, that's what's gonna hurt. So I told myself in advance, I anticipated it. I developed this motivation that I wanted 300 and I was able to score 300. I was able to get the maximum 100 points on the run the day after running a marathon. And I never would have been able to do that before. I couldn't imagine being able to do that before. Usually after a marathon, I could barely walk. But I chose the amount of pain that I was going to tolerate. And I was able to overcome that. Because I pre-anticipated the pain coming. And my motivation allowed me to overcome and push myself. I was just barely within a few seconds of getting the 100 points on the run. But I did it. I chose. So now let's think about motivation. Um, what is motivation what 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 is the uh reason we have motivation and so so motivation it is created by a neurotransmitter called dopamine so dopamine these are these neurotransmitters that come through uh the 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 end of the neurons to help cause the brain to do its processes and things like that so the whole reason we have dopamine 
It's to motivate you to do what you need to do to survive. Dopamine is released when you are thirsty. And then it is released again to reward you for drinking that water. Dopamine is released to motivate you to do something and then it rewards you. So there's a lot of natural mechanisms already in place to release the dopamine because your body knows you need it to survive. That's also what happens when you're addicted to something. If you're addicted to cell phones, that dopamine is released because right when you wake up, you got to go check how many friends liked your status. That is a dopamine. And then you get a rush of dopamine release when you see that your friends liked your status. But if they didn't like your status, you might not get as exciting of a dopamine release. But dopamine is what motivates you to do stuff. And so I began to look at dopamine and, and thinking about what has motivated me in the past. And I began to really zoom in on motivational speakers and music, things like that. As I've, I've, I've ran over uh, um, 23 marathons, um, and a lot of the marathons I've ran, I've rarely trained for them. It was really just a, a training for the brain. You know, about mile 16 through mile 26 was miserable pain that I had to suffer through. And I learned different techniques and I learned songs and playlists and different things would push me through that pain. And so that's what I was thinking about. And so I've tested this out a lot, especially recently as I've dealt with all this pain from sleep apnea. Uh, I got bad back pain, the TBIs. Um, I went through an insane detox of Cymbalta. And I've applied these techniques, and they have helped me a lot. And I've got a certain playlist I, I listen to. Um, there's a couple songs or a couple uh, motivational videos. What, uh, or, and I want you to listen to this. Listen to this. This is a clip from one of the Rockies. And then there's another one, just a motivational um, video that I like. will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Goes back out. That's it. Mike's going to just hammer him. And exactly that. Mike Tyson came out like, I got him. I got this kid up against the rope. Listen to me. Many of you right now, life's got you up against the rope. You can't give up. You can't give in. Listen to me. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And if life's got you backed up, I need you to do what Buster Douglas did. Buster Douglas start fighting back. Yeah, those are a couple of motivational videos. I got a whole list of them. And I'm going to make a special recording of these so you guys can access it and see if you like it. But I realized, like, just listening to that right now, I was getting chills. I was getting pumped. I'm getting... There's something about it that released the dopamine that gave me that motivation. And now, as I've been dealing with insomnia and sleep apnea, and I'm trying to get, I've detoxed on all kinds of medicine, and I'm trying to lower my caffeine, and trying to get out of bed in the morning has been so difficult. And I have found when I listen to some certain songs, certain uh, motivational speeches just like that one, it gives me that rush of dopamine to get out of bed. It's a natural release of dopamine without me going through some type of substance that's harming my body. Now, this may not work for everyone. You, you need to think back on your life. You need to think about songs. You need to think about what is it that motivates you, test it, and then have it readily available when you know you're going to need it. And you, over time, will realize how effective this is. And it's understanding the brain, understanding the release of dopamine, understanding what's happening, understanding what motivation is, why we have it, how dopamine influences uh, this motivation, and understanding that within the brain is what will help us get through these difficult times. And that's what I want you to take away from this. You are feeling sad. Many of you out there 
have PTSD, you, you have suicidal ideations, you have back pain, you have shoulder pain, you have restless leg, tinnitus, you have difficulty getting up, difficulty getting motivations to do things, you need to find a way to release the dopamine. Now, I have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel. The link's here in, the, in, in this podcast to get to my channel. I have several videos on ways to release the dopamine. There's things such as doing service, forcing yourself to smile at others, um, uh, creating tasks, task lists, small tasks. Uh, when you create these small tasks, you are able to get the motivation to overcome pain. Something about motivation, it's different for each of us. And I'm giving you some advice, but you know what's best for you. Take the advice that others give you and then find out what works best for you. And let me let me tell you, when uh, you think about a lot of people who are really successful, and I can't remember the football players' names. There's a couple of football players I've read about in the past couple of weeks. There was one that had a special on him yesterday uh, before the game was about to start. And this was a guy, he got injured really bad in college, and they told him it was done. Someone came in, looked at him laying in bed. He said, dude, you're done. Your football career is over. And he was like, what? He, that, that was what motivated him. He's like, nobody tells me that my career is over. Nobody tells me what I cannot do. And he was bound and determined to prove everybody wrong. He showed his mind that he was in charge of pain. There's another football player, and I really wish I could remember their names. Maybe I'll put it in the body of the podcast but as I look it up later. But this other, this other football player, he had injured his shoulder, and uh, he was a running back. And during halftime, they taped it up, and they told him, hey, you're out. You're probably out the rest of the season. And he asked the doctor, well, can I make it worse? If I was to hit it again, can I make it worse? And the doctor's like, no, you can't make it worse. He's like, well, tape it up so it doesn't flop around, and I'm going back in the game. So that very next play, that very next play, he rammed his shoulder as hard as he could into one of the opponents. It was the most miserable pain he could ever feel. He was already in pain. But he wanted to show his body, I'm going to create more pain. He rammed his shoulder into it. He said he was laying on the ground, moaning in pain. And the only thought in his mind was, I have to get back to the huddle. He wasn't worried about the game. He wasn't worried about the whole season. Get back to the huddle. And as long as he made it back to the huddle, he was able to stay in the entire game. Small goals, small steps. Focus on those small goals is another key to motivation. And People telling you you can't do something, the odds against you completely change your mindset on pain tolerance and your motivation to achieve things in life. So the final takeaway, understanding what creates motivation, that is that release the dopamine, and that finding ways that you can release that dopamine is a preventive measure to build you and make you stronger to overcome the trials in life. And you will really understand if you hurt yourself and it's hurting and I say, why are you choosing to let it hurt? You will understand, that's right. I can choose to not let it hurt. Or you get upset because whoever makes president didn't make president. Why are you choosing to get upset? Why are you choosing to let someone upset you when they cut you off? Because if you look... uh, in, I'll put a link in here, video on what happens within the body during a stress response, and I'm going to talk about this later in another podcast. You'll see how it's damaging your body. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you get mad at them. You chose to get mad at them, and you chose to cause more damage to your body with the chemical reaction that's happening in your brain. 
So motivation, it's a powerful tool. We can create it. We can get rid of pharmacological approaches, helping us deal with stress and anxiety and pain and access natural motivation through the release of dopamine and have an overall happier life.